welcome to the Black Boy Joy Show. This is R.V. Willis, and I'm here with Mr. McGill and my uncle, my uncle Malcolm, and the incomparable Claude Everett. <laughs> hey guys, gotta say hi. Hello, hello. <laughs> awesome. You guys been okay? Okay today? Yeah. Getting things. Uh, how's the uh, quarantine thing going for you guys? And. I'm blessed like this, and I'm blessed I can work from home, so I've been, and, and, and Larry is keeping us very, very busy, so. Mm. That's nice. <laughs> That's really nice. <laughs> what, are, uh, what are we having to drink today? Mm. I'm having a Ren and Nephew rum mixed with some Ruby Red grapefruit juice. Oh. And I'm having my usual Jack Daniels neat. Oh, mm. okay. <laughs> and I'm having my not so usual. I'm having gin, but it's unfortunately it's city gin. <laughs> <laughs> Good old I'm water. H two O. H two O. It's not city gin. It's Deer Park. Oh, it's Deer oh boy. <laughs> and I guess I'm having a screwdriver. A good old, you know, classic screwdriver. That's about it. So you guys, uh, you guys want a little bit of history of a black boy? So today, I have Patrick Ian Polk. Uh, Patrick Ian Polk was born in 1973 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. The openly gay Black director, screenwriter, and producer created his first feature film in 2000 titled Punks. In 2004, right. <laughs> it was a good one, I like that one. In 2004, he wrote and directed the Logo TV series Noah's Ark, a show about four gay Black men's friendship uh, navigating through life. Some of his other the theatrical releases include Noah's Ark, Jumping the Broom, uh, The Skinny with uh, Jesse Smollett, and Blackbird with uh, Monique. Learn him and embrace his star power, Patrick Ian Polk. You guys know who he, you know, you Have you heard of Noah's Ark? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did no, you like the show? Not at all. <laughs> what? I mean, some people probably have never heard of it. Did you like the show at, at, at all? At all? Mm. I have mixed feelings about that. Like what? Because, because I think that a lot of it is the Hollywood portrayal of, of, of gay people. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there's a lot of us that just aren't in fit that mold. Mm. But obviously in a show where you're portraying four or five black gay men, you can't, you, can't, you know, uh, uh, replicate everybody and we are not a monolith so yeah I, I get it yeah and you know we got to get we got to get some more you know um some more uh what do you call those people that look like different types of us so we need to get more representation out there you know right. so that so people don't just assume that that is just one way that you know gay men are so we got to get right. more representation on you know the networks and in movies and not just the the old typical way of how they portray us so we got to get more right. of that. We so. have to be very, very mindful that the stereotypes mm -hmm. don't become the only characters we portray on film. Mm -hmm. And even, right. even as, even as black writers, even as, as a gay writer, you still don't want to perpetuate the, the, the stereotype of what, you know, right. black men are, and, even being a gay writer, you don't want to do that, you know, fall into the trap of Hollywood and all that, you know? 
And I think for, for me, Noah's Ark was entertainment only. Mm. Um, because the the four characters fell into a stereotype for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. See, yeah. I, I just thought that characters could have been a lot broader than what they were. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for someone. Me, it was yeah. um, a good um, answer, in a sense, to what queer as folk was for black people, you know? Mm. Um, oh, yes. Or like but, Sex in the City. Kind of like Sex. They gave me more Sex in the City. Well, I never really watched Sex in the City. Oh, yeah. Because when Queer as Folk came out, everyone was like, oh, wow, you know? Mm-hmm. But then after a while, like, at least some of the black folks that I was around were like, well, how about, how come we don't have one? How come, you know? Right, so right. Was, so when it came out, like, I appreciated it, but I agree. I mean, it was very, there were some stereotypes there for sure, but, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate it because I never watched Queer as Folk. Um, mm. it, it, it got on my nerve. <laughs> and what got on my nerve even more than that was the black LGBT uh, audience that applauded it and then turned around and hated Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. Right. <laughs> so that internalized right. uh, homophobia is yep. disturbing to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and you know, I'm not even sure it's, well, and it is internalized homophobia, but it's this it's this embrace of the flamboyant and i don't mean to to but you're right to cast dispersions on anybody who is living their life and who is naturally flamboyant as they say i don't have a problem with that i mean if that's you but i think that a lot of a lot of us see that on television and see that that's their way out and so they create this character around that they know that the only way that they're going to be there is to be you know a flamboyant gay um person and that might not be them and sometimes it comes off as so phony Mm -hmm. and you know that whole california you know la um um facade image facade yeah it 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 just you know it, it it permeated through through a lot of, you know, through a lot of all of those shows, you know, mm. just, you know. Yeah. I, and he based, he, again, he, yeah, he did really base it. I don't, I don't have problems with whoever it is, but mm. I, I just, I just think that as far as the, the, the arts and, and, and plays and movies and television shows, we need to get more into the lives of the everyday, the everyday dude, the yeah. everyday couple. Yes. Uh, you know, Which is uh, why I can't wait for them to start taking more, doing more of Elin Harris's books, making them more into movies. Because exactly. he really did show different types of black men. You know what I mean? Black right. gay men, you know, he, right. in his books. So I, w- I wish they would really, you know, take a hold of that, his books and kind of bring those to uh, bring those to life. So Mr. Ever- Mr. Claude, um, if you could be a part of a fictional family, what what family member or what family would you be a part of? A fictional? Family? Yes. Like TV or something? Like TV, like, yeah, TV, movies, yeah. Books. Uh, I think I would be part of uh, 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 Girlfriends. Okay. Okay. What? I would be a, I would be a, a friend to one of them. Mm. But I wouldn't, but I would not be that token gay friend. Okay, gotcha. Okay. More like a, words, one of their bosses or something. That flamboyant queen. 
queen that they always put in the mix, uh huh, that wouldn't be me. Okay, okay, I would definitely be a, a on the uh, some animated show, probably Family Guy or or Simpsons, because I love animation, so I probably would do that. <laughs> one of that, oh, so I, I, one okay. of the Simpsons, you know, you know, one of those families. How about you, Uncle Malcolm? I'm going to go back. Mm. Um, I'm going to go way back. Um, and it would be good times. And I would be the Michael character. Um, oh. But you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that's who I am. That's who you are. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I, you know I, I really embraced Michael um, as I was growing up. And, 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 and then to find out that the, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, the actor that played him escapes me, but to find out that he was gay. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. And he still is. Mm-hmm. I thought he passed away. No, no he, still, he lives in the, he lives in Brooklyn. Yeah, he's still alive. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay, good good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be me. He is definitely alive. So on that note, because we went back to the the seventies, um, so Xavier, uh, which decade of music do you prefer? Sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, the two thousands. Like pop era stuff. Well, whatever, whatever music you listen to, like what era of music did you prefer? I mean, I like um, era. I you know, I loved. I really do love the '90s. I was like late teen, early in my twenties in the '90s, and that music just kind of resonated with me. I like the '90s, but the stuff I started listening to. I mean, I listened to a lot of music growing up. So, but. the 90s, yeah, I was in high school and college and stuff, so yeah, I really paid attention to it more then. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like the music I got into like, in the past 20 years, like some more down-tempo stuff, some mm-hmm. Liz Wright, some what they call Neil I love Liz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my God, this is my home. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Cassandra Wilson. Wilson, yeah. yeah. She's another, I yeah. Like, I like stuff like that. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Music for the message. Yeah. How about you, uh, Claude? Uh, if we talk about dance music, it would be uh, disco and house. But I was raised on jazz, so there's no mm. one era. Mm-hmm. Because I keep saying the, the music of the, the jazz of standards of the 50s and 60s being reinvented or re- recreated. Okay. So it's perpetual. Oh, okay, okay. Was there so, was there a specific artist maybe from the seventies that you liked? Oh God! Because you you said disco, so I'm thinking Donna Summer. <laughs> no, I love the Chambers Brothers. Huh? I don't even think I've ever heard of them. Oh, child, they did really? Know. No. Yes, uh, <laughs> I love them. You've heard of them, Uncle Uncle Malcolm? Oh. <laughs> the, 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 I know all the songs. You do know all the songs. Disco and was my shit. Oh, that was the Chambers Brothers. That was the Tramps. Ain't that what I called them? Oh, Lord, I'm worse. I'm thinking about something else. This <laughs> is the Jack Daniel. What did the Chambers Brothers do? The Chambers Brothers did, and I have to, I, I, I can't remember songs, but the Chambers Brothers were before the Tramps. The Chambers Brothers were more of a. Um, of a um, five heartbeats kind of yeah oh you're right 
around the temptations in them. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You're right. I like the boat. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And uh, and I know and I know Uncle Malcolm loves all his. He loves house music. He know all the house music songs. No, he's yeah, he's house head. House yeah, for. Yeah, but I, I'm, a, I'm a house head, but but I grew up on the Temptate because I grew up in the disco era. So when you talk about disco inferno, the trends. When you talk about you know the Temptations and 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 yes. they started making that switch. And then of course, then there was Donna Summers, you know. And I was listening to something in the car the other day that was on my iTunes playlist that. Um, I had forgotten was there, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And that is mm. um, Stevie Wonder's conversation piece. Um, hmm. That out, al- that whole album, just you know, um, you know, those those were the days when when you had three records, four record sets in albums. Like mm. when Marvin Gaye released an album, he released a two record yeah. set, mm-hmm. and, and and the Temptations, with, you know, and Stevie released the two. I mean. You know, of course, we all know about anthology from Stevie Wonder, but mm. you know, Stevie Wonder did a whole lot of other albums that that didn't get that notoriety. But I mean, there's some good stuff out there if you, yeah. if you get a chance to listen to Conversation Piece. Yeah. See, I always yeah. go to uh, songs in the songs in the key of life. That's my favorite Stevie album. But that yeah, Conversation Piece is a yeah, yeah. Songs in the key of life. As a matter of fact, that was Songs in the Key of Life is the only Stevie Stevie Wonder album I ever purchased. Really. Yeah. I liked his music, uh-huh. but I often like prefer to hear somebody else sing it than him. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I, I I love Stevie, and and when I said anthology, I meant songs, songs keep like I'm I'm, I'm getting my thought, and I'm only drinking water. What you got in that water? <laughs> yeah, hey, I wish there was something that water. Man, that's what it is. <laughs> it's nothing but water. Oh my but god, that, that's the problem. It's the absence of. Mm. So, uh, so for Malcolm and Claude, you guys haven't been on the show before. So, I have this magical fanny pack that I always go into to get my topics from. But since we're doing this virtually, um, you guys aren't able to the go into the pack. fanny pack. So I'm going to go into the fanny pack to get our topic, okay? Okay. Virtual fanny. Yeah, we're going to do virtual fanny, huh? Let's see what we got today. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. Uh, How important is anal sex in your relationship? It's on a scale. Which one? Who are you talking to, me or Malcolm? Whoever. Extremely. Extremely. Okay. That's it. Man, not so much. <laughs> let me let me let me clarify something. Let me ask this question. Mm-hmm. By anal sex, do you mean penetration, or what are you talking about? If your relationship was, you guys got together and you guys decided that there was going to be no anal sex, would that be like a? Would that? Would you just say, "Well, I can't date you"? Clearly, no, and no penetration, none, none from you, none from him, no anal sex at all. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, no penetration. Is that the only? You're talking about penetration. Right? Yes. Right. You're just talking about penetration. Right. With With penile, penile, penile penile penetration. If we both agreed on it, it would be fine because I've always been more foreplay and oral than anything else. Mm, okay. But see, but see, that's what I was getting to. But to the point, because okay, so first of all, let, let's 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 set some parameters here. In my forties, in my thirties, in my fifties, so penetration, yes, yes, is a must. Uh-huh. Um, but as you get older and things change and everything else, I mean, when you talk about 
anal sex. I'm talking about oral anal sex. Are you talking about that? It could because be. That's it, important. That is important. that is important. Yes. So for me, I would be. I couldn't do it. I could not date someone really? that. No, 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 no. I would no. no I'm, I'm just saying, really, not because it's it's. It's important I'm not, to me. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, really. <laughs> no, it's it's important to me. Like I, I'm but like. I think Malcolm just said something very important. Mm-hmm. When we talked about the different ranges in age, how that shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when I was in my twenties, not it was a must. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that was no all animals. animals. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't talk about it then, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There was something you did in secret, and you didn't talk about it. So it was mostly uh, uh, penile uh, penetration. It mm-hmm. was, but mm-hmm. I thought it was a requirement. <laughs> that don't mean that I necessarily, even though I engaged. Does not mean that was a priority with me. Oh, that's interesting. That's all that was out there. That's interesting that you say that. You so you when you say that you thought it was a requirement. So you never thought that you could speak up and say that you didn't want to do it. Not when I first came out. No. Huh. So what made you decide that it was okay to where you felt like okay, I can say if I don't want to do this or if I want to do it. When I when when I would be with somebody that I felt that was clumsy or didn't know what they were doing and I I, I kind of liked them mm-hmm. but I but I didn't in, I didn't enjoy uh anal sex. Mm. Okay. I grew up. Gotcha. Okay. We can be together but uh you're not gonna be no we can't do this. Right. <laughs> 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 hey, Xavier did you even answer? Oh I think you said no. no. Yeah. Yeah, you said no. Um, I said not as much. Not as much. <laughs> yeah. Now, so well. Now, if it's like oral anal, that's one thing. I do enjoy that. That's. I won't say that's a requirement or a necessity, but right. If ten was absolutely needed, it I'd say uh, six. Whereas like penile penetration, mm-hmm. uh, two. Yeah, hmm. Okay. So it's just. Yeah, it's not. It's just not that important. (laughs) But I get you on that as you get older, because I know that I know that my sex drive has changed as I've gotten older, and even having the kind of guys that I like. Because I used to, when I was younger, I loved older guys, and now that I'm older, it seems that the younger guys like me, and I'm like, I like older guys. (laughs) You know, so it's it's strange. Oh, you know what? But you know, but I, 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 I think what happens, like with me, my sex drive hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. My taste has. Mm. Oh, interesting. So and, yeah, speak and, on and, that. You know, and, and that's a very good point. And and I know you said you know, let's keep it short. So I'm not sure what other questions you have, but mm-hmm. that's no, go ahead. why I have such an issue with this whole top and bottom conversation. Oh. Yes, mm. because what people don't, as young guys, oh no, I'm a bottom, I'm a bottom, I'm a bottom. And okay, so you were bottom and you're 20 years old, and now you're 30 years old and you were bottom and you're 40 years old. And let me tell you something. You get into your, you get 45, get 50, you might become a top real quick because your ass will get tired of all that. <laughs> exactly. The elasticity ain't going to last that long now. Listen. Well, <laughs> 
being loose. <laughs> and I mean, and, it, and it's just, you know, it's just things change. And, you know, and, and, and the other point that Claude made was the assumptions. Um, when I came out as gay, I assumed that, you know, anal sex was all part of it. I enjoyed it, um, but I've always been versed. And, but, right. but, but people say, you know, if you if you fuck a dude and he's like you fuck him real good, he's like, oh, you a top? No, I never said that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or if you give somebody if you give somebody some booty, oh, you a bottom? No, I never said that. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all just make these assumptions and y'all don't and they make yeah, and they make and then they they it's almost like they. I hate when people ask that up front because then they it, it, it almost gives them this right to put you in this particular box. As imme- as soon as they as soon as you say, "Oh, I'm a bottom," then they're like, "Oh, okay, so you must be weak, or you must be this. Oh, I'm a top, so you must be masculine. You must be able to take care of me. You must be financially stable. You must be this and that. You know what I mean? So it's like they they already have these notions of what top and bottoms are. So when they ask you that out front, I'm like. Why are you asking me that? You could ask me any other question, but you want to ask me that. <laughs> you know, like it just it it irks me when people do that. So uh, that I, I don't agree with the whole. And then when they tell you your verse, they they tell you when you say you're oh I'm verse, you're like then they're like oh you're greedy. No, I'm not greedy. I'm trying. When I go into the room with someone, I am there to satisfy them, just like they're there to satisfy me. We're there to satisfy each other. So if he wants to be a bottom that night, and I want to be the top, he wants to be, then so be it. But what happens behind our door does not have anything to do with you. Exactly. If- <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. You know. It's just like people say, "Oh, well, you know, they say they they say they they verse, but they really they." They say they verse, but they got fucked, so they really a bottom. That, that makes absolutely no sense. None at all. I get, yeah, and that's it. There's too. always somebody it, that's not going, not in the room, and, and will never be in that room. Uh, no. They want to be in the room. <laughs> that's, that's not. That's the real thing. <laughs> they want to be in the room. So they create bullshit because they're not in there. Mm, so, Uncle Malcolm, what is the uh, best piece of advice uh, that was given to you? The best piece of advice that was given to me. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Um, I would say the best piece of advice that has been given to me has been. Wow, I'm going through my whole life now. Um, <laughs> See, it could be anything. It could be something about a job. Someone said, you know, because you moved, you know, there had to be some kind of decision yeah. that you, yeah. to bring yeah. you from yeah. New York and, and all that. And, and so um, I guess, you know, coming from New York, coming down south, you know, I've always been very, I've always been very emotional. I've always been very, I, I, let me clean it up. I had a temper, okay? Mm. Uh, and so... You know, somebody pulled me aside one day and said, you know, you and it was it was a white guy. And I kind of took offense to what he said at first. He said, because he said, you're very articulate, you know, that that articulate shit. Uh-huh. But he said, you know, you're very articulate. You're very well spoken. You don't have to yell. Mm. And he said, when you, he said, when you raise your voice, it turns people off. And, 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 and you, you can get more out of people. By just having a conversation, so that was the best advice. I haven't always been good at carrying and executing on that advice, mm. but I guess that was the best advice I ever received. 
Well, you know what? I enjoy, I enjoy your stories. He, and, and how excited and animated that you get when you are telling your stories. They, so they, they, they're always inspiring to me. So continue yeah, doing that. I'm not talking about that animation. I'm talking about anger. Uh, you know, I, I used to have issues at, I used to have issues at, at work when, when things weren't going my way, when I was like in my twenties, you know, put it this way. I, I, I don't know how I did lose a job once, but I literally cussed out the whole sales floor. Oh, oh, you really had some anger issues. Okay. On a computer install, and the saleswoman that sold the computer system lied to them. And they, I got out there, and they expected the system to do all of this crap. And I was like, no, it wasn't me to do that. And I, you know, I left there like angry and embarrassed. And when I got back, you know, the sales manager came up to me and said, how did things go? Well, what happened out there? It didn't really go right. And I just let her have it. <laughs> so, so I kept my job, though. I was good at my job, so I kept my job. And, and, and the general manager said, you know, you can't just cuss out the, the sales manager and expects not to be in <laughs> consequences. But, you know. You know, so, hey, hey, okay, I see you. How about you, Claude? What kind of what was the best advice that you I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of advice. You've got a lot gotten a the lot be, of advice. The best advice I got was from a woman on that lit that a woman of the night. OK, I I admire the hell out of sex workers. I do. Oh. She told me to always be my own man, have my own don't care who you meet and what they offer you, what they put in your pocket. Mm. Be your own man so you'll always have some say so. Mm. Keep your own. Always have your own way. And that has carried me through life for the last 55 years. Mm. Wow. Yes. yes she, 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 she told, and you know what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. I was, I was almost 18 and this boy, this man, allegedly bought me a Cadillac. Uh, but I couldn't keep it at home. Okay. And I was telling Doris about it and she said, come on, come ride with me. She rode to his house because mm-hmm. I told her where he lived and we sat there uh-huh. and somebody else got out of the car. She said, you see, that car is only yours when you're in it. Oh, <laughs> and I wanted to get out and throw. I wanted to throw bricks at the car. She said, "But I ain't gonna do nothing." Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Just from this, and from that day forward, I didn't borrow nobody's car. If I didn't have one, I was on on the bus. But I always had my own way. Mm. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Xavier, Mister McGill? I mean, that one with Claude said, my mama told me that, and I will never forget that. But I didn't think about that one until he said it. Uh, but my mom had always said, actually, I think I have to say two real quick. My mama said, if you don't know what to do, then be still. Mm. And it was at a period in my life when I felt like I had to be making moves. You know, I had I had that personality anyway, but... I was getting really stressed out because I couldn't figure out what it was I wanted to do, but I felt I needed to do something. Um, so that was one. And the other, my dad had always said, it won't be 3 o'clock till it's 3 o'clock. So 
that helps relieve some anxiety, you know, about expectations I put on myself. And I think the world and universe are just supposed to fall into place. Um, I have to remind myself of that. And then, you know, it just, hey, mm. it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually writing that down. I love that. Because <laughs> I, I, I have that issue. I, I am very impatient. And that's when your anger shows up. You yeah, see, right <laughs> when that impatience hits, it's over. Then, yeah, mine. Uh, my dad <laughs> told me once that black men always need a mustache because <laughs> I had come home and shave. I had come home and shave my mustache off, and my dad said, "Yo, your lips look like a pussy, <laughs> a black man." <laughs> He said, he said, but black men need to always have a mustache. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but aside from that, a few years ago, my um, one of my friends, I would have been going through a really long depression. And I remember her telling me that she is now past, but I remember her telling me to um, to always love myself because I couldn't love anyone else unless I really loved myself. And so, and at the time, she was there watching me go through this depression. And I remember her telling me that right before she moved, um, moved to Florida. And I just remember that that changed my whole trajectory on my life. And that's how I ended up meeting all of you guys and, and, and even Xavier, like all the people that I know is because I stepped out on a limb and decided to go out and start meeting people. And that's how I got to where I am today because of that advice that she gave me that day at, before she was leaving. So yeah, I always, and, I always take that in the heart. Know, I was, I was, I was going through a breakup. Um, and I was on Marta and I, you know, I was on my way to church. I used to go to Hillside. I was mm. on my way to church and I Dr. Got on the train uh, yeah, and got on the bus and I was sitting on the bus and I was in tears and there was this brother named Kamal um, that went to Hillside and he, came up to me and he said, what, what's going on? And I told him. And he said, Malcolm, you know, I, I've only known you a short time, but what I know of you is you you are a caretaker. You take care of everybody else. He said, but who takes care of you? And I thought about it and he said, let me tell you something. He said, you have to love you. You can't take care of nobody else until you love you. And he said, he said let me give you a, 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 a an analogy. He said, when you hear said, you ever been on an airplane? I said, yeah. I, he said, and when the, he said, what do they tell you when the oxygen mask comes down? I said, they tell you to take, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Yep. He said, why do they tell you that? I said, because you can't take care of nobody else if you can't breathe. He said, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I've always and I've always kept that with me. So I guess that 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 was that's also one of the one of the you know best advice. I've always kept that with me. So, mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um. So I know everyone has had a car. You're very, do you guys remember your very first car? Oh yes. You know, so was it? Did you have a name for it? Um. Well, I didn't have a name for my first car. My first car was given to me mm. by my grandfather. My grandfather had a Ford Torino. Oh. And it was um, a kind of a lime green color, <laughs> and it was a. It had my grandfather won this literally won this car at the church bazaar. Mm. So obviously it was the car with no 
bells and whistles, right? You know, they, they right. auctioned off the car, but it's just a basic car, yeah. right? My grandfather drove that car, and then when my grandfather started losing his sight, he gave the car to me and my sister, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But me and my sister didn't live together. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> Timeshare so the car? Share. Yeah, we had to, every week, every week we transferred the car. And then one day we went and traded the car in and bought a Toyota Celica. Oh, I remember and the Toyota Celicas. Yeah, and we went ahead. It was a 1980 Toyota Celica, and I loved that car. So so the Torino, it was my first car, but my first real car, the first car that I was paying for mm-hmm. was um, that Toyota Celica, and I loved that car. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved that car. Aww. I had a tape deck in there. And I remember uh, uh, the Commodore's album, Zoom. Oh. And the, and the sound system in that car. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, mine was a um, an Oldsmobile ninety eight. It was Ooh, a. Lord, I loved that car. It was an eighty eight Oldsmobile ninety eight, and mm-hmm. my grandmother gave it to me because she had bought her first Cadillac. So she got her Cadillac, and then she gave me that one. Child, I loved that car. Oh my God. It was so nice. And I had I had learned how to drive in a remember the Ford LTD? That that's how I learned how to drive. You know how big they were? Yeah. So the so the at 98 was not that big. Not as big as the LTD. So no. I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, it's all comfy. And you know, she had the bells and whistles all on that car. So but I had it for like six months and it got stolen because they, you know, back then, those Oldsmobiles were easy to steal. They could just pop the, yeah. you know, the steering shaft and, you know, hotwire your car and be gone with it. So I kept I kept that got it back. And and then um, I remember the day I got it back, I was at the club and I came out of the club and my car was gone again. I had just got it back that afternoon from the repair shop. I went to the club, came out. I'm looking in the parking lot. I'm like, where's my car? <laughs> Gone again. And that time, and after that, I never saw it again. So, uh, but that, how about you, Xavier? Your car? Because you've always had a car. So what? I said, you've always had a car. I've had to, shit. My parents had me running errands and stuff, you know? So all the first cars were just things like, they let us, or made us drive, I should say. I should say let us drive, but made us drive. Um, but I mean, I was happy when I got this 1981, wait, no, 81? Yeah, it was, a, it was an old. It was an 81 um, BMW 3 Series. Yeah, it cost like $2,900. Oh. <laughs> I went to the junkyard and replaced the seats and stuff because the mm-hmm. fabric on it was all like worn out. And occasionally it wouldn't start, <laughs> but I love that little car. Oh my god! Oh my! Oh, I loved it. What about you, Claude? Volkswagen. Volkswagen. What kind? Beetle. Oh, like that rabbit? Uh, oh, I had a beetle. Oh, the beetle. Oh, An ugly green beetle. <laughs> but it got you around, and huh? I bought it. My, I, I had to buy it myself. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave me shit. Mm. I used to drive. I used to drive my sister's eighty old build eighty eight. Oh yeah, and it was gold and had bells and whistles. And my damn beetle didn't have 
bells or whistles. <laughs> matter of fact, I was driving down the freeway once and the seat came apart and I was looking up at the, at the roof. I so one day I didn't kill myself. Oh, <laughs> my God. But I loved that Volkswagen. Ooh. And I, when I went into service, I was married. I got married and gave it to my wife. And then she traded it in and got brand new big beetle. I wanted to beat the shit out of her because I thought she didn't appreciate what I gave her. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't matter that it was falling apart. Right, right. I um, <laughs> Speaking of that, fall, you, your seat coming apart. I had this car. <laughs> I had this car. I was in well in my twenties, um, and I'm driving down the street. I'm, go, I'm me and my friend are in the car. We're going to pick his brother up from from his little brother worked at Toys R Us. We're going to pick him up. So I pull up to the front of the Toys R Us to pick up his brother, and my back tire comes completely off and rolls into the into the Toys R Us. <laughs> So we're sitting in the car and like this because <laughs> the whole tire just wow. came. <laughs> and I just remember, I remember we had just got off the freeway. So I'm like, if we, if that would have came off on the freeway, because when you looked at the wheel, it had the whole bolts had just rusted around it, and it just the whole thing just came off. I was like, we could have been dead. I mean, we literally had just got off the freeway. It was so it's so crazy. <laughs> I was like, I, wow. So we had to leave the car there and all this stuff. It was yeah, it was crazy, absolutely crazy. So, um, yeah, that was really cool. I like that. So, okay, we have a quick game of the day, and then we're going to be wrapping it up here. So, this game of the day is called um, Pick one, one or the Other. So, and you have to pick one. It's, it's something it, you have to say, I have to, I'm taking that one over that one. So. Would you rather hear baby talk all day or have to constantly repeat yourself? You you broke you broke up. Say that again. Would you rather hear baby talk all day or constantly have to repeat yourself? Oh shit. I'd rather hear baby talk. Fuck that. <laughs> my god, I've been hurt somebody. I have to fucking repeat myself. I, I probably would have to oh, go with the oh, baby talk, yeah. yeah. I'd have to go with baby talk. Baby talk because if I have to constantly repeat myself, I'm gonna eventually get as angry as Malcolm would have done. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh! Exactly. I mean seriously. Yeah, um, and I don't even care for the baby, baby talk, talk thing. Get on my nerve. Yeah. Get on my nerve, but at least I can make sense out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Repeating yeah. myself means you're not hearing me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm wasting my time and. In my frustration, I'm gonna get in trouble. Oh, yeah. You know what? Right, that's right. Now, if it was baby crying, then I, I'd rather repeat myself because I've been a lost my damn mind with a baby crying mm-hmm. all damn day. Yeah. So, so would you I know rather? How to make the baby stop crying. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can kind of make the baby stop. So, would you like? Um, would you prefer unstoppable hiccups or sneezing for life? Sneezing for life. Sneezing for life. I hate hiccups. Hiccups, hiccups hurt. hurt. The hiccups hurt, but the sneezing for life. You, I mean, your eyes are closed. Your what? Your eyes are watering. Your your nose is running. Your. I would probably go with the hiccups. <laughs> they do hurt a little bit, but. What'd you say, Mr. Miguel? As soon as I get the hiccups, I'm frantically trying to get rid of them. I'm holding my breath. I'm drinking yeah. water. I'm doing whatever I got to do. Hiccups frighten me. Yeah. Hiccups yeah, uh, frighten me. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh my god, I couldn't. 
I, I can't do the sneezing. The sneezing thing would drive me insane. So um, would you want to know how you would die or when you're going to die? I would probably want to know when rather than how. I would say I, when because I, I then I can know. prepare. How, I think it would be the how simply because death doesn't frighten me. Suffering does. You, okay, so you know what? Let me rephrase. Let me let me rethink this because if you know when, then you're really not going to live your life if you know that that, that day. That, that, that's my thing. If I know yeah. how. Yeah, if I know when, then I'm going to avoid doing that that day. Right. Put it this way: if you told me I was going to die on December 25th, 19, you know, 2021, uh -huh. then on December 25th, 2021, I'm going to be a basket case. Right. But I'm gonna live my life every day up until that day, though. Yeah, that's, but that's, but that's the day I'm gonna die. But see, some but people can, some people can't do that. Some people can't get it out of their head once it once it's in your head. Then you can't get it out of your head. So I think I probably See, I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna probably go with how. That reminds me of a song. If this was your last day, mm. would you be careful or would you be brave? I'd be brave. Uh, I probably would be brave. <laughs> I'm gonna go with brave. <laughs> okay. You have nothing to lose. Mm. That's true. Would you um would you constantly want to pass gas or constantly throw up? I would, yeah, well, um, God, I think I probably would go with the passing gas because I know when I've thrown up, I don't like that feeling that you get right before it happens. Mm -hmm. right I just, yeah, your mouth, the saliva, and it, yeah, I, I just, I can't deal with that. That would be too, too harmful for me. But, um, would you, <laughs> would you want wrinkles for the rest of your life or no penis? If wrinkles, you, if, baby, wrinkles, <laughs> wrinkles, baby, wrinkles, wrinkles, baby, wrinkles. Wrinkles, baby, wrinkles. No, just kidding. You know, I take wrinkles. You said wrinkles. You ain't gonna give up your dick. <laughs> right. Said, uh-uh, no, don't, don't, don't give it up. Don't give it up. I'll give it away, baby, but I ain't gonna, uh-uh, leave it out. Oh. And, you can, and, you, and you can wrinkle that, too, but as long as it's still there. Right. As long as it's still working, that, that part. So um, you know, that's, that's what the uh, Arabs used to teach as hell. It's oh. being, being in a place where you have uh, this deep desire, but no sexual organs. Oh. Wow. Uh -oh. Um, mm -mm. No. And that would be hell. I couldn't. Mm -mm. That would be complete hell for me. <laughs> uh, I would kill myself at death. 
I like my man parts. Uh, so the last one is, what is your uh, one word to describe your black boy joy? Talent. Huh. Insight. Shining. <laughs> and mine would be love, of course. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed this. We'll definitely have to have you guys back on the show because you guys were so invigorating and insightful and i really enjoy that so thank you guys Anytime. again yeah so, so let me add one other thing before we go yeah i was thinking about this today mm -hmm. you know i wrote i wrote a little piece you know when Stuart got sick i wrote a little piece about count your blessing count my blessings uh-huh um and today i was walking samson and i said you know, i was counting my blessings and i said and this is counting your blessings for the whole world Imagine it's 1918 and it's in the flu pandemic and imagine we had a government that said, you know, stay, everybody stay home. You know, obviously they didn't do that in 1918, but imagine they did that. But in 1918, you had no entertainment at home. You had no phones, you had no computers, you had no technology. Right. The fact that we are sitting here talking to each other. The fact yes. that tonight, Claude, we, you know, the, the Silver Lining Group will get on and we will have our virtual check-in and we will be able to check in. The fact that I can work from home using my computer and everything else is 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 a huge blessing. Yeah. You know, and, you know, because could you imagine being quarantined in your house with... Nothing? Like Little nothing. House on the Prairie? Right. Yeah. Oh, no. And to not know what was going on around you? That's right. Right, right. You would literally think that the world had come to an end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is why that flood story in the Bible doesn't make sense to me. If I didn't know that the world, the, my neighborhood was but 10 miles, if I don't know beyond that, I don't know that it's not flooded. Mm. I just assume that it is. So you're right. It is a blessing. We all quarantine can still communicate with each other and still right. see each other. Mm -hmm. That's right. That is, and yeah. most of us are under self-imposed quarantine. Right. Yeah, because like, because technically, technically, we are not in quarantine. We are advised to work from home. Well, I mean, ain't no damn place to go, but we can't go out. Right. Right. Well, I don't know. It looks like Richard somewhere though. So uh, I am on location, but I'm not saying where I am. But anyway, <laughs> yes. Again, <laughs> thank you. It is. We didn't see below that waistline. You know what? Yeah, you know, I, I have been, I have been cooped up, and I have been doing the show from from home, and I wanted to step out because it was really nice. There's some good weather, and I'm I'm practicing my six feet thing and all that stuff. So I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. But thank you guys again so much. So thank you. Um, all right, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show, and next time. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Black Boy Joy Show. You guys have fun. Okay. Say bye. Right. When does this air? Uh, probably tomorrow. I think it's going to be tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Just let All me right. know. Malcolm, I'll see you at 7 o'clock. All right. All right. Now. Bye. Bye. Bye.